Hey, greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West here, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. You gotta light them up before they burn it down. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West here, and welcome back to the Steadfast and Law Podcast. My next guest had an incredible splash out there in the state of Arizona, which is a very important state. She was the GOP gubernatorial nominee out there, and now she has a brand new book, her first book out called Unafraid, Just Getting Started, and that is Miss Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake, thank you so much for joining us here on the Steadfast and Law Podcast. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, ma'am. So I'm sure you said this many times, but truthfully, just share with us, you step away from the mainstream media, 27-year career, and then you go into the morass that we call politics here in the United States of America. Uh, What what was that inspiration? uh, Well, why did I do it? Yeah, what was that inspiration? You know, I never thought of it. I never really thought about getting into politics. Of course, I covered Mm -hmm. it during my career. I I mean, I've 27 years covering Arizona, 30 years in total as a broadcast journalist. Mm -hmm. And I I walked away from my career at the height of my career. Number one, all these years, uh, dream job. I worked hard to attain that job and work for it. And during COVID, I realized that it had just gone completely corrupt and journalism had you know, kind of died and propaganda had taken over. And when I walked away, the good people of Arizona who had welcomed me into their homes for you know, almost three decades, they were so um, motivated, move, moved by me walking away from my career that they said, would you please consider running for office? We need yeah. somebody who's honest, who understands our state. And at first I thought, well, they must hate me because they would want me to go into <laughs> from the corrupt world of media to the even more corrupt world of politics. Yeah. But then I realized that's kind of what our founding fathers envisioned, real people stepping forward. And I uh, Mm -hmm. maybe I was a bit naive. I jumped in with uh, both feet into the arena. And boy, is it swampy and dirty. It is, Uh, absolutely. Really swampy. But I don't regret it. We we led an amazing campaign of moms and dads and students and retirees and you name it. Everybody was excited about our campaign. And we have a movement. And that movement still exists today. Unfortunately, we have a really messed up elections that are corrupt, and I'm exposing that right now. And I'm going to work really hard to help bring about honest elections so that every voter, whether they be mm-hmm. liberal Democrats or conservative Republicans, can know that their one legal vote counts. And that's what my goal is right now. Absolutely. And you're positively right. I mean, the founding fathers wanted citizen servants. They wanted servant leadership. They wanted people that, you know, had their profession, came and served the, the, the folks and then went back. They never wanted career politicians. But due to the apathy and complacency of the electorate, we have gotten to this point. So when you look at Arizona, a very key state right now, uh, what happened in Maricopa County, there's been so, you know, many, uh, I guess, you know, suppositions and speculations. 
Let us know what really happened, if you can, very succinctly, in Maricopa County, the most populous voter base in the state, where all of a sudden on Election Day, things go to hell in a handbasket. Well, I, I beat the establishment candidate in the primary. The, they had hoped that she would win, and it would be one establishment Republican versus an establishment Democrat. So mm -hmm. a uniparty, two uniparty candidates. But something strange happened. I won in the primary, and, and here you have a MAGA America First candidate. And I uh, had the strongest uh, policy when it came to the border. Mm -hmm. My policy on the border was to call it what it is, an invasion, and yep. to take on the cartels and to secure our border. Well, they knew they couldn't have me in office. And so our, uh, I ran against somebody who actually was in charge of the elections. She wouldn't, yeah. she wouldn't step down. Mm -hmm. She was able to certify her own election. And she never even campaigned. She didn't have any policy. She was like a female John Fetterman, a female Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. But they didn't have to campaign because they control the elections. And our elections were run in a very corrupt way. There was election fraud. And they knew that our voters were showing up, the majority of them, on Election Day. They intentionally rolled out machines that didn't work on Election Day. 60% of the polling locations were not functioning because the machines didn't work. And the lines were four and five and six hours. And they printed intentionally on election day only the wrong image on the ballot so that the machines would spit those ballots out. A quarter of a million ballots were spit out on election day. Mm -hmm. That's just one of the ways they, they uh, cheated on election day. They also cheated ahead of election day by throwing in 300,000 ballots with no chain of custody. It's outrageous what they're doing, Alan, with our elections. And if we do not stand up as Americans and demand honest elections, mm -hmm. then we're going to lose our country. And so these Republicans, sadly, it's Republicans who say, oh, we need to move on. Don't talk about 2020 and don't talk about 2022. I'm a mother. And if I've got a problem in my home, I don't stick my head in the sand and ignore it and, and hope it goes away. I mean, I'll pray. I definitely will pray problems are, are resolved, but we have to work to resolve them. And we have to work to demand honest elections. So we're fighting it. I'm in the appeals court. We're appealing the last decision. We don't have judges who have the courage to do the right thing. They have all the evidence in the world in front of them. And I think they're afraid because they know that they're opening a Pandora's box. Yeah. And it will be complicated. We'll have to set aside a county where it was completely corrupt and fraudulent. And that's going to take uh, some nerves of steel to do that. But we have to do it. It has been done in Arizona before. Back in 1916, one governor was put into office who was fraudulently elected, and they fought it in the courts for one full year. And eventually, the fraudulent governor was removed, and the duly elected governor was placed in the governor's office. So it has happened in the past in Arizona. You know, one of the things that they teach you in the military is that, you know, after a training event, definitely even after a combat operation, you sit down and while things are still fresh in your mind, you create an after action review. I mean, you look at the things that happened, what were pros and cons. When you look at what happened in your, your race and the definitely in the election and the things that happened in Maricopa County, what are the key nuggets? What are the key lessons learned that you can pass to us all across the United States of America in the respective counties out there so that they can make some corrections themselves. Well, we have a lot of election integrity warriors out there working all across the country and, and, we're, and we're, we're winning some of these battles. Mm -hmm. And even though our courts didn't rule in our favor, we were able to get the information out about how they are rigging and corrupting our elections. Uh, you know, 
I don't know that I have a big takeaway other than we have discovered that the fraud was even bigger than we thought. Mm -hmm. And we are working really hard. We're investigating. We're getting uh, the evidence that we need, the data that we need to show how they're doing this. I believe they're very nervous about having to cheat again. They don't want Donald Trump on the on the ticket. They don't want me on the ticket. I actually had a very powerful, influential political player come to my home and promise me a a uh, very prestigious job with a big paycheck and a position on a board if I would just promise to put our movement and my political career on hold until after 2024. I mean, this is the kind of stuff you read about, you see it in like movies, but you don't think it really happens. It happens. They don't want America first candidates. They want candidates they can control, politicians who they own. And when you get someone like a Donald Trump or a Kerry Lake or some of these America first folks who can't be bought and bribed, they don't want them in office. They need to control these politicians. So I don't know that I have a big takeaway other than we have to fight for fair elections. We can't just keep backing down and saying, well, we'll give it a shot next time. We're working in a system that is broken and we need to fix it. And we need more real Americans to speak out. We gotta use the, the weapon we have. The most powerful weapon is our voice and we have to use it and demand reform to our elections. And that's the true strength of, the, of a democracy is that it's with the people. And Abraham Lincoln talked about in the Gettysburg Address. Let's talk about Unafraid just getting started. Because uh, obviously you're, you're new to this, but you're not done with it and you're going to keep pushing on. And I think people are looking for those folks that are outsiders, not part of the political machine that are unafraid to challenge the status quo. Tell us about your book. Well, I would never plan to write a book, um, just as I never planned to run for office. But after right. the election, after our stolen victory, I had a couple of publishing people reach out and say, we'd like to have you write a book and would you consider it? And I, I was in a dark place because I'd worked 525 days on the campaign trail, put my heart and soul into it. The people did everything right in Arizona, got involved. And, and to have that election go that way, it was it was a very difficult. And I thought, I don't know if I'm in the right frame of mind to write a book. This could be a very dark book. That's mm -hmm. how I felt. But actually, it was it was therapeutic. It was cathartic to write, to sit down and write going through that time mm -hmm. and to recount some of the amazing times on the campaign trail, how I went from being the youngest of nine, coming from rural Iowa, working hard to achieve my dreams and my career, to leading a political movement to now leading um, an activist um, movement to reform our elections. Like how this all happened? How did I end up, this kid from Iowa, in the middle of the political movement at such a critical time? It's an interesting book. It starts off with a foreword written by President Trump, a great foreword. I'm so honored that he wrote it. And then um, it is a page turner from the very first sentence. The first, the first chapter talks about a moment on the campaign trail where we almost died. And that's when I realized God definitely wants us in this because he should, we should have never survived that moment. And it is an exciting book. I throw a few punches where they need to be thrown. Yeah. And I also give people what I believe is the path forward for the America First movement, which is to save America. And I, you, you'll end this book ready to get up and do something to take our country back. You'll, you will be pretty mad at our government but you will also realize that what our founding fathers put in place, this foundation, America, is still there and we can bring this back. And I, I do believe, Alan, that our, our best days are ahead of us, but we have to get involved. We can't just say, forget about it. It's just too corrupt. It's too dark. We have to stay involved.
Well, two things, you know, I've always told folks that God does not call the equipped. He equips those that he called. And the other thing I think is so important is that when we look at this thing called election cycles, we cannot continue to ramp up and then we just go dormant because the other side is always at a constant state of engagement. So as you look at the 2024 election coming up, what are the key engagement points that you think we need to be focused on uh, instead of going dormant uh, between now and uh, next November? Well, I know that groups like Turning Point, my, um, you know, one of the groups I'm working with, Save Arizona Fund, which is a fund that we put together to help pay for our legal defense because we're having to sue to get honest mm-hmm. elections. And now, actually, they're suing me for calling out the fraud in the elections. You, you can't make this stuff <laughs> no, you up. you can't make it up. We're taking that fund and we're going to put some money into ballot chasing. We want to make sure every single ballot that is on someone's kitchen table is returned. And we're going to do that. Turning Point is doing that. A lot of other groups are going to start doing that. We need to get involved, become a precinct committeeman, uh, join somebody's campaign, somebody you believe in. Use your voice. It, sometimes it's as simple as as sharing information about issues that are important, like election integrity, on your social media, and making phone calls to your elected officials that this is an issue that matters to you. We can't just wait until the very end to get involved. You're right. You know, Benjamin Franklin said, I think he was 80 or 81 years old when asked, what kind of government did you give us? He said, mm-hmm. a republic, if you if can, you can keep, keep it. it. Yes. And we're in the if you can keep it part. Yeah. And we just need to remember that the power lies with the people, not the government. The government wants us afraid of them. And as I said, no, the government should be afraid of we the people because we the people are the ones in charge. And when we realize that's our power, then they lose the power. I also want to tell people, be mindful of what kind of media you're listening to. I mean, these a lot of these media outlets, the co- corporate news media, I think is worthless. And there are no good guys in the corporate media. Don't give them your attention. Just as we showed Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch and Target what it means when we decide to pull back our money, we have power when we do that. And we also have power, our attention. They want our attention. And if we decide to not tune in to these TV stations and networks that are tearing our country down, giving us, uh, selling us a bunch of lies, when we stop giving them the attention that they desire from us, they will collapse. And, And frankly, that'll be a good thing. It would be a good thing. Last question before I let you go. Uh, the Arizona state flag that has the sun rising, is Arizona going to rise to the occasion next year? I believe they will. And, and I don't blame any Arizonan. Arizonans showed up in droves. We had mm-hmm. huge voter turnout, massive voter turnout. We have a movement that has never been seen in Arizona, really across the country, of mothers and fathers and grandmas and students and grandfathers. And... You know, they didn't do a darn thing wrong. They did everything right. But when you have corrupt individuals running the elections, this is what happens. And that's why I am fighting and I'm standing firm and fighting to get our elections turned around so that they're fair going into this next uh, 2024. Because I want to make sure that your vote, my vote and Democrats vote and independents vote actually counts one legal vote per legal voter. And so I'm going to work my hardest to make that happen. Well, I was quite astonished that a Republican governor and a Republican attorney general would allow what happened in Arizona to happen. But that's a topic for another day, I guess. We need people with courage. We need people with courage. Where can people follow you? How can people support you? Where can people get your book, Unafraid? 
they can find it uh, at carrylake.com if they want to go there or if they want to go to amazon.com, Barnes and Noble. It's in all major retailers. And I'm really proud of this book. You know how you sometimes you pick up a book and you're five, 10 pages in waiting to get into it. It just doesn't, you know, you're not interested. This yeah. one is a page turner from the first page, I promise you. Good. Well, we are so glad that you're saying that you're just getting started. You're making a difference out there. And again, thank you for joining us here at the Staff Fashion Law Podcast. God bless you, Carrie. God bless you too, and thank you for having me today. I appreciate you. My pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for joining us on this episode of the Steadfast and Law Podcast. And a special shout out to Carrie Lake for taking time out of her busy schedule to be with us. And as always, if you like this podcast, please, please hit the like button, share it with others. And until next time, steadfast and loyal. Before they burn it down